Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode seven of Adopting Wellness. I'm Laura. And I'm Katie. And we are here together in person. Yay! Katie is visiting me. This has now become an annual tradition. It is. It is. (laughs) Yeah, because last year it was in Dallas. Yep. This year it's in Tahoe. I mean, desirable. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Yep. Uh, Big change. Big change. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we were talking about, um, you know, if you missed our... Instagram live that we did. We've, we talked about that. We're going to go down to one episode a month. And so from the months of May through the month of July, we're doing really like monthly check-ins with each other. Um, and so this is the first of those and, um, Katie, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm really good. Um, I, I think since the last check-in, you know, I was really struggling with my blood sugar and, um, even though like I felt really proud, but like now I've done, I've gone to the doctor again, uh, with a checkup and we shifted medication and it's been so good. Um, I've had really normal numbers and I was telling Laura yesterday was the first time that um, like I get notifications of my continuous glucose monitor and it was the first time where I was in range for 81% of That's the day awesome. and I just haven't had that happen in forever. Uh, and even though it was kind of like a roller coaster, as Laura witnessed <laughs> um, with just like up and down, but it was, it felt really good to know that these numbers are becoming more normal and um, and hopefully my body will start to follow mm-hmm. the way that those numbers feel. Um, so I feel like really happy about that and really proud of that work. Um, and you know, just being here, mm-hmm. like we've taken mile long walks. Laura has taken me hiking. <laughs> and as you know, I am not a hiker. Okay. I didn't force her up a mountain though. So. She did not get me up a mountain. I did not roll down the mountain. <laughs> I, it was very flat for the most part. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been really great. Like just being outside, um, being in nature and it mm-hmm. kind of reminds me how much I need to do that when I go back home. And I don't know, California just kind of does that to me. Though. Yeah. It's, it's easy. It's easy. That's partly why we moved here. Yeah. You know, just the ability to be outside. And I know how, how much being outside more impacts my mental health in a really positive way. And mm-hmm. I feel like Katie and I were talking, um, yesterday, like just, just the, being outside is an easy way to like shift your, your mood mm-hmm. really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that I find like, I took Katie on the trails that I go on a lot in the spring, summer, and fall when we don't have like 10 feet of <laughs> snow on the ground. Um, and I told her I go out there and I just look up cause we have the trees here are super tall mm-hmm. and I just, it's hard to be in the same mindset when I do that. And, um, it's gotten me through what, to be honest, is a pretty, has been a pretty tough year. And is just the ability to be outside and 
I think coming from a really urban area where I lived before, Mm -hmm. I really didn't understand how much I was missing that. And then my husband and I actually, for context, we came here before we decided to move during the pandemic and we're like, basically didn't want to go home. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We did, but we, um, after a while we just decided we loved it so much that we wanted to move. And that was a, a huge, huge point not only for me, but also for our son and, um, yeah. And just being in nature together yeah, too. Yeah. Like Katie and I, like being <laughs> out here together. Not her and Jake, me and her, <laughs> but also me and my husband. <laughs> but I mean, right now I'm shifting to talking about me and Katie <laughs> together <laughs> because it's really cool. And I think I was thinking about that, how the context of wellness, not having to do it alone, something. Mm. Yeah. We talked about that. Like it, it makes the wellness part and the health part so much easier when Mm. you have someone to do it with. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the problem is that like with a lot of, I think that's maybe why a lot of people don't, um, there's a lot of fears. There's a lot of hesitations to maybe go to the gym or go on a walk by yourself. Mm -hmm. Like there's just a lot of factors why people don't, um, pursue kind of a, a health lifestyle, Mm -hmm. um, because they have to do it alone. And I think that there is something to be said when you have someone that maybe has different goals of health, but is able to do things with you. Mm -hmm. Um, to make it more enjoyable, to have like a shared experience and also to just encourage each other. Like literally this every single day that I've been here, Laura has been like, you want to go take a walk with Winnie? (laughs) And even though I may think, no, I don't think I do. I don't ever say that. And I just go and it's wonderful. And every single time I'm like always so thankful that we did. Yeah. Because but it's hard it's to do gorgeous. that alone. It's hard exactly. to push past that because there's no one. Yeah. There's no other voice, to, like saying anything other than, "No, I don't want to." Yeah, do that. yeah, and for sure. If I were here by myself, I'd be like, mm, "Maybe I'll do it later," um, and maybe I would, but it certainly wouldn't have been as enjoyable. And I think it's interesting. Like yesterday, you're you were talking about your blood sugar being so good that like that was the day we did so much physical activity (laughs) and it's like, Oh, maybe there's a correlation, you know, to like getting out and moving, but probably also, I mean, we know body mind are connected, like probably also being in community, right? Like probably also affects it. And just being relaxed. Yeah. You know, there's for me traveling, you know, and me having no obligation except Mm -hmm. to just wake up and, and, be looking at mountains and trees, you know, it's, it's easy to feel pretty relaxed too. And, and, um, yeah, I think it's, it's been really great to see kind of those blood sugar numbers and then feeling good about getting exercise and like being in nature and having really good conversations, Mm -hmm. you know, there's just something to be said about it. Yeah. It's incredible. And I wish I had it at home. I mean, like our creative juices are flowing. We're like talking about future stuff. Like it's just, I mean, I think, you know, we are, we are living, I don't want to say post pandemic because COVID is still very much a thing, but 
many, many, many ways life is like gotten back to quote unquote normal with mm. things returning to in person. And I think I'm just now realizing how deeply it impacted me not yeah. being around people as much, mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So how has that transition been? Like how did the pandemic really affect you mm-hmm. and how is it now? And, and like, I guess, how has that impacted your your social yeah. uh, aspect and yeah. your health aspect. Well, I think it's a weird situation for us because we had a baby during the pandemic and that's mm. always like a unique yeah. thing. <laughs> its own beast, you know? And um, so I I was being very careful during my pregnancy. Obviously, we that was before, um, for the most part, it was before um, vaccines mm-hmm. and there's just a lot of question marks. And so I was very nervous about risking the pregnancy at all or my own health in any way. And, um, so I think there was some anxiety and fear Mm -hmm. around that, that to be honest with you, I still carry it to a certain extent when I'm in crowds of people, because Mm -hmm. I don't know if I've shared this yet, but I did get some long COVID symptoms that Mm -hmm. I'm not currently dealing with, but I was for a solid, like three, four months post having Mm -hmm. COVID. Um, so there's a little bit of anxiety. I still wear masks when I fly or when I'm in like crowded airports or crowded places like that. Um, which I don't think that's necessarily like an overreaction in any way, but so, you know, there's a little bit of health anxiety. I think that is in many ways warranted because we just don't know a lot of things. Mm -hmm. I think there's also like, just, I'm very introverted at my core. Like I, I need to recharge on my own. Mm -hmm. And so I think I lean a little too heavy sometimes on that. Mm. And I think, oh, I just need more alone time. But the reality is there's also a very big part of me that only can be recharged by being around people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Katie was out with us yesterday. We walked across the like the neighborhood down here to this like outdoor beer garden thing. And there were a bunch of other locals and just people we were talking to. And we ended up like making friends <laughs> randomly. <laughs> it was really sweet to witness. It was very fun. And like, it's just, some things cannot be mm. replicated on the yeah. internet. Yeah. 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 You know, it's true. It's true. That makes sense. Wow. Sorry, that was a lot. (laughs) No, no, not at all. I I think that everyone has such a different experience coming from what we lived through COVID Mm -hmm. and and how that has impacted us now. And like even even when I think about it, like 2020 was such a horrible year beyond COVID Mm. for me personally. And to see where I am now and um even even when COVID was first being talked about, I remember them, I guess like the CDC and mm-hmm. and basically everyone was talking about like, if you have a pre, you know, a pre existing condition, yeah. condition, which you do. Yeah. And yeah. they, and they specifically called out diabetes. Yeah. I remember like living in fear. Like, mm. I don't know if I can leave my house, Mm -hmm. because if I get it, I might die. And that was kind of the reality of how it was messaged. And And you did get it. I did eventually. Yeah. uh, Like a year and a half, a year later. Yeah. Was it 22 or 21? I think it was 22. I think it was 22. Early 22. It was January. Yeah. 22. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, it's just, it's just interesting to see kind of how that's developed. And even now, I think I had social anxiety before, but especially now I get really, um, I can tell I get way more affected when I'm mm. around along like a, a large group of people. And, yeah. and even like, even that, even just conversation sometimes yeah. I get stuck in my brain. Like, do I say something? Do is this the point where I like laugh? <laughs> Just like you have or... to get back on the bike socially <laughs> yeah. and like remember how to do it. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Totally. Like uh, reading social cues again. And um, yeah, so it's it's been really kind of a process, you know, that we've not really had to navigate before. No. And I feel like for you, I think too, and I don't know if this is an okay topic, we can always edit it out if it's not. <laughs> but like, I think for you, there's an extra aspect right now that's really like we're coming out of the shootings that happened in Allen mm. and there's a huge, like there's been so many incidents of hate towards Asians and yeah. violence towards Asians. Yeah. And so I can imagine for you like traveling and being in crowds would also bring a, a different kind of fear. Yeah. Potentially. I don't know. No, you're right. You're right. It has been really intense. And and what's interesting about it is that I carry that. And I think a lot of my Asian friends do. Yeah. And the rest of the world doesn't know about it. Yeah. Like you don't talk not, about it. Yeah. It's not on, um, Usually it's not on major news. I, I can guarantee most of my loved ones have no idea about the violence that has been targeted against Asians in the last several years, yeah. but particularly during COVID years. Yeah. And it's scary. Um, I think I think me living in Kentucky, it is uh a little less for me because um I haven't really had any personal issues, which is kind of surprising being mm -hmm. in Kentucky. Yeah. But I, I do remember when, when there was just one after another, yeah. um, With the Atlanta I, shootings yeah, and all that. Yeah. I remember mm -hmm. feeling scared to even go. I remember I went to a park and I remember I was by myself with mm -hmm. my dog mm -hmm. and I remember thinking, someone could really hurt me yeah. out here and no one would ever know. Yeah. And, and that scared me. Oh, it for scared sure. me that, you know, they don't know what I struggle with and yeah. as an Asian American and an adoptee. And yeah, it was, it, it has been a scary kind of process yeah. and very heightened awareness of my surroundings and who I'm around and, you know, without like letting those kind of fears and biases take over. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but just being very aware of, of who I'm around and, and what I'm around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. There's, there's been a lot of anxiety that is on top of that, that I haven't, I guess I haven't even really acknowledged. I'll be honest. Like Kate, I haven't, I haven't told Katie this outside of the podcast. So this is the first time she's hearing it, but, um, I just like when you were traveling here, there was a part of me that was like, scared for you, mm. you know, that like, Oh God, like, I just hope she's coming to see me. I hope nothing happens to her, mm. you know, because it's just, it's terrifying to think about someone you love so much and care about and, and that people, there's so much hate in this world and people only see one thing when they, yeah. when they see people and it's just awful. 
That's so interesting because I didn't even think of it. I didn't even think anything of it. I didn't say it. I'm actually like getting emotional. Oh. No, but like, I mean, I didn't say anything because it's like, this could just be my anxiety too. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it's, I'm not, I'm not Asian. I don't have to carry that. I don't live with that. And so it's like, I don't want to put that on you, but you know, it's something that I, I think about anyway, like when you, yeah. nowadays, when you go someplace, you do have to be yeah. with gun violence. Yeah, what it exactly. Is. Yeah. I was about to say with, with everything that's been happening in our, and especially this particular year, um, you know, I was in Nashville with the elementary mm-hmm. school shooting and I mm-hmm. was obviously in Louisville with the yeah. bank shooting. And, uh, so yeah, there's, there's way more extra things that you have to worry about and think about as you move in literally anywhere yeah. that you go to, whether it's local or out of town. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, it is scary to live in our world. Yeah. And, um, and I think especially in the last few years, it's been really impacted. Yep. Um, even more compacted, even yes. more. Yeah. It feels like things are just like spiraling right now. Yeah. yeah. And that's just scary. And I know that, you know, we're, we're a podcast about wellness. It's like, what does this have to do with it? Well, let's not pretend that doesn't impact Yeah. <laughs> everything. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. it just, we, we have to move differently. We, mm. you know, um, I think one of the ways that is, has impacted me is I try, um, when I get the impulse to like reach out to someone and say something, or when I get the chance, I'm trying, I, I just want to do it. I don't mm. want to like oh, I'll do that later. Yeah. And that might sound really macabre to some people, like real dark, like, oh, okay, Laura. I like that like, word. Thank you. Thank you. Um, that's a, it's probably like a hundred point word in Scrabble. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Um, anyway, but yeah, like I just, I think it has made me like, and to a certain extent in life in general, we never know what's going to happen. And it matters a lot to me to let people know how, what I think about them and yeah. how I feel about them and that they're important, um, which is, maybe a good thing that's come out of COVID and its aftermath, but Mm. I think that's so important. I think it's so important to our wellness Yeah, to be able to say how we feel about people. Yeah. And I think that that is really freeing and it's also really loving in a lot of ways and, and it's really good for our mental health. Yeah. It's It's hard to do for us though. A lot of us, it's hard to like say it. And I think a lot of people say, Oh, well, not only like I'll do it later, but also like, it's kind of awkward. Yeah, it is awkward. Just to kind of do it Mm -hmm. out of the blue, Mm -hmm. um, to be able to say like, Hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm worried about you or whatever. Yeah. I care about you. Right. Right. Um, but you know, I I can't think of a time where I've done that and it's ever gone wrong. Exactly. People (laughs) always appreciate that. They want to hear it. I think maybe it's, that's our rejection dysphoria where Mm. we're a little worried about, how that's going to be received and that people might take it the wrong way. But yeah, I, I don't know. That's true. Anyway. Hmm. So we're, we're doing this podcast once a month. Yep. So what are your, what are your summer plans? Yeah. How are you going to yeah. take, you know, wellness to the next level for you? So I said this in our little Instagram reel we just posted, but I was very cooped up this winter. Mm. And so I'm very looking forward to being outside as much as I can and just moving my body more. And I ta- I toddler wrangle. <laughs> it's my main workout source. Yes, yes. Um, but also I genuinely love 
walking here. I mean, it's beautiful. It's so gorgeous. We have really gorgeous weather right now. And typically that is true here in any, even in the winter, the winters are beautiful too, but it, you know, it's a whole other vibe in the spring and summer here. It's just gorgeous. And so just taking advantage of that, being outside, um, I think I really need to force myself. So I've talked about the Pomodoro method for writing Mm -hmm. and really need to force myself that when I get those longer breaks, that that's when I Mm. get outside and move, Yeah, you know, um, and just stick to that. I also talked with Katie today about like wanting to be more intentional about how I connect with my husband Mm. and like make space for that Mm -hmm. and like strengthening that relationship because it's obviously very important to me. Um, and not being afraid to ask for what I need. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's scary sometimes. It is scary. Um, what else? Oh, I need to – I used to track like if, if I ate vegetables. Really? <laughs> because I'm so – just with like Bodhi, like oh. making him lunches and stuff, uh-huh. I'd be so worried about that. And then I'd be like, oh, I forgot to eat lunch today. <laughs> so Katie made me a beautiful salad when she was here. Okay. She has said this at least four times. <laughs> Uh, and each time I try to correct her that I just assembled things, you know, but that's what making a salad is. I just got some ingredients and put it together. But it's funny because I was thinking to myself and I think we both said this, right? Like you wouldn't do that if you were by yourself in Louisville. Oh no. And I, I don't do that here when I'm by myself. So it's just funny that like, yeah, just the just simple act of us being together, and here we are eating (laughs) friggin' salads for lunch. Yeah. She said when we went to the grocery, Laura was like, Katie, you were eating like so healthy, like getting healthy choices. And I'm like, I know it's because I'm here with you. Like normally I'd be (laughs) grabbing a big family size bag of Doritos. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's a good influence. Yeah. Yeah. And, and y'all like Laura is not joking about the winter. Like there is still feet high, like six to seven feet high, if not taller piles of snow that have not melted. Yeah. It was intense this year. Yeah. Because the sun hasn't even hit it yet. So it's, it was a crazy, crazy. Yeah. It was exceptional. I don't think we'll probably see another one like that potentially in my lifetime, but yeah. yeah, So we made it, but okay. What about you? Well, first I want to go back to what you said. Um, oh shoot. What was it? Um, Oh, asking for what you need. Oh, like in relationships. Oh my gosh. But not even relationships, just like in general, like yeah. just being able to ask what you need for what you need yeah. is so crucial to not just communication, but to like our happiness, mm-hmm. I feel like, to mm-hmm. our satisfaction. And I think a lot of times, maybe that's why sometimes I live in disappointment is because I'm just like too... Um, not afraid, but maybe it's just like too much of an inconvenience mm. to ask for what I need. So I'm just like, oh, it's like not that big of a deal. But in the long run, like it takes up so much headspace that I'm like, oh, but it is a big deal because I've used so much space to think about it. Yeah. And and I think it's I think that's such a, an important aspect of our wellness mm-hmm. to be able, like, even just to think even for me right now, being able to think about like what I need to ask for. Mm-hmm. Like when I get home, mm-hmm. what are the things that I need to ask for, for my health, for yeah. my wellness yeah. and, um, being able to advocate for myself. And I yeah. think that's 
huge, mm-hmm. especially in the health space. Yeah, medical the, stuff and yes. all that. Yeah, yeah. Just being, yeah, just being that patient that knows my own body, not better than someone else does and mm-hmm. being able to ask for those things without shame, without yep. guilt, without feeling like I'm in obligation mm-hmm. or, um, or like too much trouble. Right. I think that's important. And I think the way, the fact that you feel that way, is it more of a, it's, I think it's more a testament to the broken system than you, Yep. but it's really hard to remember that. It is. It is. Especially when you have a physician that's just like, talking nonsense, big <laughs> words to you. And you're like, I don't know what that means. Like what? Yeah. Um, so, uh, for me, I am really excited to see how my numbers continue to mm-hmm. improve. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to go to the doctor in three months and um, I'm sorry, them. what? I'm going to play this back to you in three months. <laughs> Yeah, like <laughs> I go to the doctor th- every three months, and I'm excited to go back to show how much improvement. Like I think this is the right amount of of insulin and dosage for all of my meds right now. That's so awesome! I I feel really confident. It's so that, hard to find that sweet spot, right? Yes. We were talking like there's just so many adjustments because you're on so many different yeah. types of medication. Yeah, I, it, you feel like a guinea pig because you know, you're just trying to test out, well, is it this medication? Is it this? Mm. Um, can we increase this? And it's like, I don't know. I just feel like crap. Like, yeah. You tell me. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. I, I'm, and I think that the continuous glucose monitor has really been the, the turning point for my health, mm-hmm. um, for my diabetes health, because I'm able to see these numbers. I'm able to make better choices based on those numbers. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's been really motivating, um, to see that. And then to get like a report on this app mm-hmm. that says like, you've been in range for this much. And That's it's amazing. Like, yes. I like, love that. That, yeah. that is so helpful to me too, to yeah. like see things like that. It's incredible. And like, like see it progress. Yes. Like, oh, it's so yes. great. That feedback real time has got to be the big reason oh. you got the continuous monitor, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just been incredible. Um, so. I'm excited about that. And I, I think I, I just want to have more adventures. Mm. I think that sometimes I get really stuck in my head. I get really stuck in, you know, if you, if you follow my Instagram, it's like, you can see I get stuck in my head and I get stuck on, um, more of like the, the deeper, hard things to think Mm, about. And mm -hmm. sometimes I just forget to have fun. We were talking about this the other day that like, you know, I reminded Katie that like our, I think both of us, we've, we've talked a little bit about this, but like our memory deficit growing up, like there are so many things we don't remember, but Katie was saying, you were saying always remember the negative things. Yeah. Yeah. I have a natural tendency to remember negative memories and even though I know that they were not dominant at all. Right. I, and and it's not even many of them, but the only memories I really have are negative. Right. Because your brain has just been wired, all yeah. of ours, yeah. to protect us. And so, yes. Yeah. We try to avoid those things. Yeah. It's really hard, too, because people have such different memories mm-hmm. than I do. And, mm-hmm. and it doesn't make it untrue. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just that I, 
my brain literally hides those or has hidden those away, they're still in my brain. They're just in a place that I can't access. Yeah. And, and that, yeah, that can be really hard too for, you know, the, the lens that I see the world in. Yeah. And, uh, particularly of course, my mental health of being able to reframe these memories and reframe the way that I see the world in healthier ways and positive ways. And I, I will never be like a, you know, um, I don't know what what's a character like a, a Tigger yeah. uh, type of yeah. personality like yeah. um overly positive like, yeah overly yeah. positive yeah. and and overly joyful and all that but no, I, that's my personality yeah. <laughs> I'm Tigger you I love it I'm Eeyore Eeyore and Piglet maybe Piglet yeah. yeah um so yeah I I I will never be that but I do want to be able to to have perspective and see things. From a different lens that I naturally am in. And I want to be able to reframe those to be positive. Yeah. You know, I I think one of the things that I think about when, and I know I've been talking a lot on here about like mindfulness and stuff, but a main reason for that is because it's really hard to make positive memories when you're trapped in the fight or flight, freeze, fawn, whatever response, because you don't feel present Yeah, because you can't, because you're trying to, you're, you're reacting to something that one probably isn't happening in real time. It's probably more connected to a past Mm. experience, but two is just, it's that, that fight or flight is focused on your survival. It's not focused on your current What's yes. happening right now? How do you move out of that? I think there's so many different ways. I mean, I feel like mindfulness, like the practicing, mm-hmm. the like really trying to just train your brain of like figure out what that feels like. Cause mm-hmm. so many of us don't know what that feels like. Yeah. And then we're also different with what calms us down somatically. So like mm. trying to find that for you is, is something, I mean, I think it's just so different with every person and mm-hmm. really like trying to find a practice that works for you, trying to remain flexible with what you need for every day. Yeah. Because that's different. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like your blood sugar, right? Like, yeah, it depends on what you're doing, who you're with, how, how yeah. you, how you feel. That's true. You know, that's true. I'm I'm just thinking of, of how this all relates to our adoption. Yeah. And our journey. And, yeah. um, uh, I don't know. I I think as it's interesting how, you know, being an adoptee is just so all encompassing. Yeah. It just, you know, I can't just remove it from one aspect. Oh my God. I swear to God. I spent like three (laughs) years telling my therapist, I just wanted a scalpel and someone to excise being adopted out of my brain and body. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I had a friend um, where we would just joke like, well, today I'm just pretending like I'm not an adoptee. Yeah. (laughs) Like today's the day that I'm not. We're just not today. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, um, you know, even this, uh, we're recording this, um, May 13th. So, um, you know, tomorrow is mother's day and, and how we move through days like this Mm -hmm. and, um, in our adopted journey that is also related to our health journey. And, and like, how do you, 
when a day like this, a huge day like this comes up, yeah. how do you take care of yourself and what yeah. do you do? That's a good question. What do you do? Um, well, so every Mother's Day, of course, um, a lot of people know this, that I, uh, I think I, I've said this on the, on the podcast. Um, my mom always has, always buys a yellow rose mm-hmm. for my birth mother and places it at um, our, well, at our church, old church's um, statue of Mary mm-hmm. in honor of my birth mother. And she's been doing it since the day, since the, the first Mother's Day that I came to the United That's States. That's amazing. I yeah. love that your mom has always made space to honor yeah. her. That's she incredible. has done it every year, whether I cared about it or not. Yeah. You know, through yeah. those teen years, I, I didn't care through yeah. those years. But, you know, and I think that that was such a huge impact for me to show me that it it is valuable to her. Yep. It's not just for her doing it for me. Yeah. It was valuable for her to value my birth mother. Right. And to honor her. And that means more than anything. Well, it's a message on your worth too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 You're right. So I, you know, that happens and and I often feel very conflicted and and I I love honoring my mom um, because she's literally the best mom on earth. Mm -hmm. And also thinking about my birth mom and what she could be doing, even yeah. though she's yeah. Korean and doesn't celebrate yeah. <laughs> an American holiday. But it does often kind of send me into like a reflective mode. Yes. I don't usually go like dark or anything, but um, but it is often like a more of a somber yeah. type of day. But also I I always leave room for my mom yeah. so that I'm able to celebrate her. Yeah. What about you? Same. Very, very yep. similar. I get very somber. I think, um, you know, it's complicated being in reunion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, I one, I never take for granted the ability to celebrate the fact that I have a relationship with my birth mother and mm-hmm. that she's a wonderful person and um, we're close. And so the fact that I get to, I get to celebrate her is mm-hmm. such a gift and it doesn't take away from all the time we spent apart. And yeah. so that's where the somber piece comes in because sure. I just, I see all these people on social media and mm. where it's these like, like kids and their moms or like big families and their moms. Yeah. And like, I just think about what I'm, what we missed out on yeah. together yeah. and that that's hard to it see. Is. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a little easier for me to kind of put that away to a certain extent because now, now that I'm a mom, I have Mm -hmm. something, I have my boy to focus (laughs) on. And, um, but I think it's still there. I mean, it still Mm -hmm. taints it. And I just have a hard time with all of these like blanket holidays with the way that it's portrayed Yeah, where it's like, Oh, this, like Christmas is the same Mm -hmm. where it's like, this is what it's supposed to look like. And you're just like, okay, well it doesn't look like that for me. So (laughs) I guess I'm broken. (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, it's complicated. It is. And, and these holidays, these blanket holidays don't leave room for a lot of nuance Mm -mm. and, 
yeah, and it's it's hard because you don't see that being represented, mm-hmm. and and so it feels like oh well, I'm an outlier, and I must just have like a really screwed up, weird family dynamic. Yeah, um, yeah. When really it's like no, we just there. <laughs> it's a very particular messaging. Yeah. For one way of how family should look. Yeah. And, and also like, I I think it's hard because society in general doesn't make room for our feelings about adoption. And so what would make us think that it would make room for our feelings around something like mother's day? Like Mm. that's just sort of inherent. I think in a lot of our experiences. Right. Yeah. That's so true. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. So it's just, yeah. <laughs> like it's some bullshit. Excuse my, right. excuse my, Patrick, will you bleep that? Please? Explicit. <laughs> We're making this an explicit episode. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not fair. Really. Yeah. Yeah. It really isn't. And I think, I mean, when I think about Mother's Day and, and just how adoptees feel, I think about, you know, it's, it's literally about everything. Yeah. Adoptees are, not honored and thought about in, in our stories, in our experiences and And our grief. Yeah. Like there's no space for our grief. No, no. It's like, we have to hold it all together Mm -hmm. in order to please other people. Yeah. And if, and we're not, it's like, there's very strong opinions about which mother we're allowed to honor. Mm. Right. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Which one pick one. You can only pick one. Right. And we all know which one. So yeah. yeah. And as adoptees, we often live in tension mm-hmm. between so many things. Mm-hmm. So like, how can we honor that? How can we choose? You know, we're often asked to choose between so many things. Yeah. Don't make people choose. Yeah. You know, it's it's not a bi- it doesn't need to be a binary kind of holiday. Yeah. Mother it's, can mean anything. It's also not something that we want to be in the middle of either. <laughs> we didn't choose it. Yeah, we yeah. don't want to be in this tension of no. of having a birth mom, of you know, an adoptive mom and like having to like stay in the middle of that yeah. and like have to literally balance that tension. You know, that's it's not our job. It's <laughs> just something that we have to do. Yeah. It's, it's not our job though. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's asked of us from like day one mm. as infants. Yeah. Think about how that we have to program and hold that. Yeah. When that should never be our job. Right. And I think Mother's Day is bound to stir that up. Those yeah. expectations on us that we manage other people's decisions, yeah. Yeah. emotions. It's just so I hope everyone. I think, you know, this will come out after Mother's Day, but I hope you, everyone gives yourself space mm. for, for that heavy burden, acknowledging yeah. it, taking care of yourself. Yeah. Agree. Agree. <sighs> Good times. Good times. I'm, I wish we could record like this every time. It's so much I know, easier. I know. To gaze into your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Why did we do this? I don't, I don't know <sighs> if you want that, but okay. Okay. Um, so thank you everyone so much for your support, um, on the going down to one episode a month. Everyone's yeah. been really positive about that. And yeah, yeah. We're excited to kind of get refreshed and we have some really cool ideas. Cool guests we're yep. going to book. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And some ideas for next year. Mm-hmm. And we're just really excited and we're excited about your all's 
feedback and we'd love for you to send us, shoot us a message. Yeah. Give your feedback. Give us your ideas and feedback. About, yeah. We'd mm-hmm. like a review. Love a review. Love a good review. Yeah. I don't even know if we have any reviews. I think we have a couple. Do we? Yeah. Wow. That we didn't pay for. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We don't have any of those either, but wow, I need to go read them. We have good friends Dang. that have, that have reviewed us. Dang, I suck. All right. It's well, okay. That's all right. Well, thanks for those people. Yes. I'll read them after this. It's like two of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, thank you too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we love you all. We and, love you. Uh, have a wonderful May. Yep. Yep. We'll see you next month. Bye. Bye.